Today we are, are going to um, do installment number four in the series entitled Unite. And this will be the first of uh, the lessons on the motivational gifts. If you don't know that term, uh, that's a term that's been given to these uh, gifts that are listed in Romans 12, verses 6 through 8. And I want us to read together that whole uh, passage beginning with verse 1 because we are talking today about unite. We are talking about drawing together. We are talking about absolutely a miracle when we will scoot our ego and our tastes to one side so that we can unite with each other. If we went down the row, your taste in its, in its particulars would be unique in this room. There would, there would not be two that were identical. We're, we like some things a little more than the next guy. He might like all the same things we do, but, but the balance is all different. And so that's, that's okay. That is not a hindrance unless we are saying, bless God, I'm right. And if I'm not right, I have my rights. And in our flesh, you know, our flesh is saying, right on, or whatever. You got to watch it when you hear yourself saying, well, it's the principle of the matter. You're dead in your argument when you start, when you start calling. I found that out when I was... When I was uh, hundred years ago, making an adjustment to living with another person very, very closely. And there were parts of that that I was just really crazy about. And part of it, I was make, trying to make adjustments. And I'd say, well, it's not a big deal, but it's the principle. And I, would say, I, I hope I never said that out loud because it's so stupid. But, in, but inside, I recognize it's like, did you hear what you just said? You are too dumb. You're dumber than dirt. Get over it, boy, or some related message because um, brilliant, I'm not quick, I'm not stubborn, I am. Boy, what a combination. And uh, I wonder what Eunice did to deserve me. I didn't, she didn't have that bad a reputation where I got her, but... You know, she, she, could have, she could have married someone better. Instead, she married me, thank God. That was his will. <laughs> you, you can speak to him about that when you meet him. I don't, I don't know. Um, but uh, it is a miracle if we unite. Because to do that only, if, it, if it's going to have any emotional health at all, any spiritual health at all, it's going to be because we put others first. So let's read it together in uh, Romans chapter 12. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. It's his good. It's his pleasing. It's his perfect will. Four, by the grace given to me, 
I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. That there is a basis for unity. But rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern gentle, uh, diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Now, before I go any further, I need to let you know that uh, I, I researched this, which is what you say if you plagiarize a lot of people. You plagiarize one, it's plagiar, you know, plagiary. But uh, if, you, if you do a lot, it's called research. And so my... I need to acknowledge Dr. Buddy Hicks. I need to Bill Gothard, Don Pickrell, Katie Fortune, uh, a writer in the Pentecostal Evangel, whom I, whose identity I have forgotten and, and lost. And uh, no doubt there were some others, but anyway, just know that uh, this came from a lot of different things. I listed these these uh, gifts, and I want to just say this about them. We have prophet, server, teacher, encourager, giver, administrator, and mercy. Now, we, when, I, when I come to prophecy or prophet, in a minute I'm going to call it prophecy. And so it's like, can't you make up your mind? Not really. So uh, just deal with it, I guess. I, I apologize that I create problems for you. But uh, the first four, it just says prophet, Prophesy, serve, teach, encourage. The last three, giver, give generously. Administrator, work hard. Mercy, uh, collect jokes. Stay cheerful. So those three, we'll get to those later in this series. I want to deal this morning with prophecy and, um, and service. Prophecy is... Defined as declaring truth, insight, the ability to see where people and programs really are, the motivation to make motives right, it meets spiritual needs. Extremely important in the body of Christ. We've got to have this. Things get really loosey-goosey, and uh, uh, sin can be tolerated, but when there is when there is the spirit of prophecy among us, and I, I'm not talking about the gift of prophecy as in the charismatic gifts uh, along with tongues and interpretation of tongues and prophecy. I'm talking about this motivation to declare truth. A quote from such a person would be, God wants us to face up to the truth about ourselves and understand the reality of what we're doing. How do you know if you're one of these? Or if you're, the person next to you is one of these. Well, I'm, I have a long list of characteristics. And um, if you're trying to take notes, I may go too fast for you. Uh, I will make all of this material available to you eventually. But I don't have it for you this morning, except orally. And 
in the PowerPoint. The characteristics of prophecy quickly identifies good and evil, hates evil. It is the tendency to uh, make quick judgments on what is seen and heard and to speak up quickly. You don't have to wait. Um, it'll happen now. An amazing ability to sense when someone or something is not what it appears to be and reacts harshly to dishonesty. If you find yourself all been out of shape when you recognize dishonesty and nobody else thinks it's that big a deal, you may be in this list. Sees things as black or white, right or wrong, no shades of gray, uncompromising. Perceives the character of groups and people. Prophets will tend to be on the intercessors' teams. Gets a lot of and accepts brokenness in his own life. I, for years, said I didn't have any prophecy. One time I was saying that to, to one of our prayer partners, and this person said, Oh, Pastor, we see you as very prophetic. Well, as I was going over this list again, I was like, I do all this stuff, and this brokenness thing is important to me. And you hear me talking about dying to self, submitting to God. This is that. That's a big deal. Um, gets a lot of and accepts brokenness in his own life. Rejoices to see evidence of brokenness in others. You know, I'm the guy that says you can't live if you don't die. There's a picture of that. Views scriptural truth as only basis for truth. Personally operates on spiritual principles. Frank, outspoken, not mincing word. And of course, that's not I... The need to express thoughts and ideas verbally, especially regarding right and wrong. I don't want to write it. I want to say it, is what this guy is saying. He is persuasive in speaking. He has an ability to be very persuasive in defining what is right and what is wrong. And if I use uh, the masculine gender in my pronouns here and that offends you girls, uh, go ahead and forgive me. That's the will of God. And then get over it. <clears throat> this person, this girl is eager to help others see their blind spots and repent. <laughs> don't you just love when somebody is talking to you about a problem and you, don't, you cannot see it? Isn't it great? But um, the, the prophet is eager to do that. There is a tendency in this person to be painfully direct when correcting friends. More concerned for God's plan than individual needs. Now, this is a pretty pure prophet, and I, there, I've never seen anyone that, I, that, that just had one motivational gift. You will have three really prominent, a couple more, or maybe three more of the seven that are, that are identifiable. Uh, personally, I have been able to identify large chunks of four different motivational gifts. So when I talk about me being a prophet, that's not uh, particularly, uh, I'm not, I'm, that's not my first gift uh, because usually one will be larger than all of the others. Uh, tends to reject those who offend so that justice will be done and others will be warned. You need restoration? Get it on your own. Openness about personal faults and failures and an honesty about self as well as others. There will tend to be a desire to give open evidences of loyalty and total commitment. A willingness to suffer for doing what is right. 
focuses on spiritual growth of groups more than of individuals. And those are kind of general oversights. Now let me tell you that all of these gifts have a neurotic side or a problem side. The prophet tends to be judgmental and blunt. Neglects the edifying of individuals while dealing with their sins. Forgets to praise partial progress due to goal consciousness. These, all these problems won't be in the same person. But if, if you're one of these or you're living with one of these, you need to... You need to see this. If you're supposed to be united with one of these, you see, you're going to have to, you're going to, have to do some shuffling around in your little ego needs uh, to make sure that you can be united with them. Let me read number four again. Pushy in getting others and groups to mature spiritually. Pushy. Don't you love pushy people? Intolerant of opinions and views that differ from their own. Another, another wonderful word in our culture, especially right now, intolerant. This person has strict standards that make close friendships difficult. This person may correct people who are not their responsibility. The prophet can jump to conclusions about words, actions, and motives. Attitudes may reinforce a condemning spirit, may only judge and expose an offender rather than restoring them, tends to cut off a person who has failed. You had your chance. <laughs> Can dwell on the negative rather than the positive. May lack caution and tact in expressing opinions. May demand a positive response to a harsh rebuke. Can accuse others of deception if they don't fully reveal faults. Tends to condemn themselves when they fail. Now, you will not find all of those, thank God, in any one person. But those problems, if you see those, it may be a, a prophet that just needs to be built up and edified and strengthened. Psychologically, this person would be identified as, as having rigidity, narrowness, and dogmatism. Uh, the prophet is extremely important, and it's one of the most difficult gifts to, to carry if that's your primary gift because... Of, of it's, it's sort of inflexible, and people will try to flex you. And the more inflexible you think you are and you try to be, the more they'll try to flex you, a.k.a. break you. So uh, if, if that's your main gift, you just stay close to God. You stay full of the word. You start praying that God will give you a healing ministry, especially emotional healing. And that will tend to bring forth uh, a very useful and helpful uh, ministry through you, the prophet. The next one I want to deal with is server. The server gives practical assistance and help. They have the ability to see and do things that need to be done. This is the motivation to demonstrate love by meeting practical needs and rendering assistance. This meets our practical needs. The, a, a server could be heard saying, God wants us to pitch in and get the job done and meet practical needs as they arise, whatever they may be. And this uh, motivation to demonstrate love by meeting practical needs, would, you would say you would identify their love language there with that particular line. The characteristics uh, listed of the server are... 
This person readily recognizes practical needs and desires to quickly meet those needs. Let me get my hands on it, is the feeling. Especially enjoys manual projects. When Jeff puts out his sign-up sheet for uh, the finishing out of the second floor of our new building, the ones who will be probably first and, and predominate on the list is, will be the servers. Let me get my hands on. This is a detailed person, uh, meticulous housekeeper, receives uh, special enjoyment in providing for physical needs and comforts and ability to remember likes and dislikes. When you have a hostess who is a server, if she's ever served you coffee before, she will remember exactly how you take it. Never have to repeat it. You, you find these people waiting tables occasionally in restaurants. And it's, it's really cool when they just walk up to your table and they just start writing your order down. You haven't opened your mouth yet. And uh, it's, uh, that's, that's a server. We'll stay with the project until it is completed. They can tend to be and they are perhaps perfectionistic. And by the way, that's not in a negative way. Somebody needs to be perfectionist so that we can keep the world on schedule. Yes? All of you perfectionists. Let me hear. A need for appreciation to confirm that service is necessary and satisfactory. Please affirm or appreciate to confirm this need. A desire for clear instructions without time limits more interested in meeting the needs of others than in meeting their own needs. And uh, that makes them look really good and self-sacrificing in many cases. Uh, enjoys working on projects with immediate goals instead of long-range goals. Shows genuine love and affection for others. Grateful for sincere appreciation and has the ability to detect insincerity. This person has the tendency to do more than ask to do. They're generous in nature. Their highest joy is in doing. Loves serving when it frees others to do more important things. They have a strong desire to be with others, thus providing more serving opportunities. A tendency to feel inadequate and unqualified for spiritual leadership. And that is one of, that's on the positive list, but that leads us then to the problems that servers uh, may have. And remember, this is not, uh, you won't find all of these tendencies to problems in the same person, but they may become pushy or interfering in their eagerness to help. They may neglect their own family's needs and, and their own personal health and comfort while busily helping others. They may be critical of others who do not detect and meet obvious needs. They may have difficulty in accepting help from others. They are easily hurt when not appreciated and if this is you, take note of these things because uh, we, there will be the tendency to have weak, weak spots. You don't have to have weak spots. You get those filled up with the grace of God. This person does not want to lead others or projects. Frustrated in leadership positions often. Has a hard time saying no, resulting in accepting too many jobs. This accepting too many jobs at one time can wear them out physically and uh, they are 
can be too persistent in giving unsolicited help to others. Some people don't want help. They want to whine about needing help, but they don't want you to help them. If you mess up, you mess up their whole deal. And so, you know, anyway. This person can go around proper authorities in order to get jobs done. And psychologically, uh, kind of an overview of the downside of server that is that they may have low self-esteem. Now, we have five more of these gifts to talk about. And I'm not going to do it this morning. You can relax. But here is, here is the deal. These people are different as daylight and dark. I remember uh, years and years ago, we had uh, a guy that would be called an administrator on our church board and one that would be called a server. And uh, this guy that was administrator was probably insecure enough that he needed to look around and feel better than others. So he looked around and said, uh, I'm better on, in this office. He said this to himself. I'm better in this office than, than this guy over here that's a server. And uh, this was when we had our property over on the Blue Ridge Cutoff, and we had this really strange heating system for part of the building. And so one Sunday morning, cold heating system was down. And this administrator was just fit to be tied. He was just, he was just throw, ha, having a little panic attack on the inside. And, and this server says, I'll go fix it. And it was a beautiful day of revelation for the value of these gifts. If it's an administrator you need, don't call a server. But if you need your weird furnace fix, don't call an administrator, you see. And so the va- this guy, after this happened, then he told me this story on himself. And I thought, yes, that's, that's why we can unite, is when we get over this really weird stuff, the way we put each other in boxes... And uh, my box, if I'm, you know, if I have low self-esteem, my box will never be as good as your box. And, you you know, you're just way up on a higher shelf than I am. Or vice versa. If I'm so insecure that I have to look down on people, well, then you'll never, your box will never match my box. And the Lord, if it would do any good, would be glad to shatter your boxes. So if if you insist on that box... And he loves you. He's fixing to kick it. And he wears steel-toed shoes. And his kick is a divine kick. And you don't want to go there. But if we will humble ourselves and say, Lord, just kick me if I need it. Because I want to be right. And then you see this, this guy on our board back in those years that was an administrator. And I have so much respect for this guy. Um, I just esteem him highly. He, he is anointed and gifted in many ways. But what I love perhaps most of all is that story he told on himself. Because in that basis, we can be one. Different as daylight and dark. But we can be one.
And that is what the will of the Lord is. He intends for us to esteem each other and have, you know, I, I come from a music background, and so uh, there's all this incredible il uh, illustration material in a symphony or a band or, or um, you know, just some kind of combo. We don't, if, if you're doing the same thing I am, we may not need you or me. But somehow, mine is superior to yours. How do, how do we get there? Oh, it's not a trouble at all. We're just very creative. I can get there easily. Just, just give me a little time and I'll, I'll work out a theology where my, my position is superior to your position. I don't have to think I need to do that. As a matter of fact, I have to think don't do that because reflexively I support my position theologically because I've got enough profit in me that it's important what the word says. So I, you know. So as we work together, uh, now we may need some people that do the same jobs over here on the building. I'm, I'm okay with that <laughs> because we need quite a bit of the same thing done. If you do good uh, with uh, metal studs and sheetrock and uh, all the drywall stuff that goes with that, uh, we need a bunch of you. But uh, you hear what I'm saying? In the body of Christ, we have these distinct functions. And God, in his mercy and in his grace, puts everything we need. And thus the work can get done on the one hand. On the other hand, it also gives us an opportunity to grow in the Lord because we are different from each other. And that's okay unless you're different from the way I am. Because after all, I'm right. Now remember, that's the way you feel. You will feel that way till you die. It's called the flesh. It needs to be crucified. You get to do it at least once a day, if not numerous times, daily, if you're going to be right. Are you there? Okay, you see, our... The future is, is pretty well unlimited when everyone is functioning because what we need is going to be here. That's so exciting to me. That it's like God can do it. He's got everything in place. Hallelujah. See? But if you've got to be like I am or I have to be like you then we're not going to get it done and that's scary I want to say to you who are not walking with God that the Lord is calling you to follow Jesus he is calling you to lift up your heart that is it could be broken, it could be confused, it could be filled with, with pride of how wonderful you are or self-condemnation of how awful you are or parts of all of that stuff can be in the same heart, have you noticed? And God is calling you to turn to him. He says, I'll cover all your sins. 
I'll give you a new heart, a new beginning. And the call today is for you to believe God loves you enough that you would take the rulership of your life out of your own hands and put it in the hands of God and follow him. Now, I'm here to tell you that that is real life, really living. Jesus will give you a new start. So, would you just, uh, just bow your heads for a moment? The cry is, Jesus, give me a new start. Give me, take away my sins. Give me a new heart. And he is, he is calling for audacious faith and courage. Courage to trust God whom you cannot see with your life and everything about it. And if that's who you are, would you just identify yourself by raising your hand right now? I, I, I...